Hello and welcome to our September 2018 podcast episode for primary audiences. Today we've got a sci-fi adventure adapted from a popular novel. I'm Michael, I'm joined by Maria, we're both film curators and this is Interfilm Recommends. So today's film is the new on DVD release, A Wrinkle in Time. This is about a teenage girl called Meg and her little brother Charles Wallace and they're visited by three extraterrestrial sort of beings or creatures and they together go on a journey across time and space to try and find Meg and Charles Wallace's missing scientist father. So let's hear a little bit about the setup in this clip. Your father has done an extraordinary thing. No human has ever traveled so far out in the universe. But he may be in danger. And we're here to help you find him. Okay, so Wrinkling Time is a PG. We have it at 7 plus. There's just a mild threat, but generally quite an inclusive film and quite a, a you know fairly gentle film that we think uh, young audiences are going to really uh, enjoy. And it is something a little bit different. So it is quite a bit about science and maths, but it's also a lovely example of two siblings getting on well with each other and are going on this amazing adventure across time and space. I wrote a bit of a blog partly on this film and, and also on some other sibling adventures. And what struck me about this and some uh, many of the other films as well is the warmth and the empathy that really shines through. Um, I think that's a key undertone of this film, just about how it's about acceptance and inclusivity and about characters getting along really. There's an anti-bullying message. There's It really is all about looking after yourself and finding you know finding your spark and finding your confidence talking about siblings i think we should say that meg's brother called charles wallace he's adopted and it's kind of mentioned really briefly at the beginning of the film in a way that really normalizes the fact that he's adopted and he's a really sweet character i think one of um, the magical women describes him as one of um, the best geniuses of our times (laughs) And he's really smart. He's also never afraid to stand up for his sister and for himself. There's a scene where he overhears two teachers talking about his dad and his family. And he completely stands up for himself, um, shouts back at them. The whole school listens to it. So he's a really inspirational character. I think we're meant to think that he's larger than life. And to a point he is because he's a character that is aware of what's happening while Meg a lot of the time has to believe that there is other possibilities in the universe. Yeah, um, he seems to have this extra knowledge somewhere deep inside him, doesn't he? He's, he's a bit of an eccentric and um, is certainly not afraid to stand out, I think it's fair to say. And that's even exemplified when when the three women arrive from goodness knows where across the universe so these misses called mrs who mrs uh, witch and mrs Watson, they instantly you know recognize him and they have an affinity with charles wallace and we quickly realize that there's a sort of a backstory there that meg is completely confounded by and and we as an audience are as well to an extent he's he's already had his adventure with them to a certain extent and, and uh, they, they're just completely completely normal to him in his life. Yeah, and I think a lot has been said about the film, about it being kind of larger than life, 
Oprah Winfrey's character is literally a giant, beautiful woman with like glittery eyebrows. Oh, she arrived in her first scene. She arrives like a god. Yeah. And swoops down into the screen, like Martin Sheen's introduction in The West Wing or something like that. It's it's an incredible physical representation of her power and her, but also her, sort of her generosity and her her charm and just the influence and impact she has, I suppose. And that's exactly what Meg in particular needs. She needs these three different women, all quite peculiar in their own way, to sometimes literally take her by the hand and say, you can do this and you need to do this. So it is all very alien to Meg, but it, it's, it, it absolutely helps her because she's going through quite a difficult time in her life. She's just hit that teenage experience of a little bit of cynicism, a little bit of, not quite melancholia, but, you know, um, she, she's beginning to understand certain struggles, whereas Charles Wallace and the other people around her have a more optimistic and, yeah, childlike approach. Yeah, and I think you could say how this whole idea of wrinkling time and going to another part of the universe is also a bit of a metaphor for kind of self-esteem and well-being. And Meg... She's actually bullied in school. We see a student constantly making fun of her. She doesn't really have any friends apart from a boy who lives nearby and who... Yeah, I think Calvin is his name and he goes on this yeah. adventure with them. Whether that's necessary or not, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But the crux of it is definitely the brother-sister relationship. Exactly. And I, I just think it's really amazing how she's a character who she doesn't become magical but it's about her using her mind to kind of imagine a different world and even though it does sound like really fairy like yeah yeah i think it's actually a really powerful message and the film asks you to kind of remove the disbelief that you have and i think if you are a young person this would be really amazing like in the same way that kind of Harry Potter made you imagine the UK in a different way, like yeah. uh, how it was set in London, but you can go to a completely different world. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think looking at this through a, um, even a sort of upper teenage eyes and certainly adult eyes, there, there can be a bit of uh, a, a jaded outlook or a bit of cynicism. But I think this title for really young audiences, primary audiences, as you say, will work really well. I think they will find it magical. They will find it wondrous. Most of the film, we should say, you get is um, you do get an introduction to Meg's everyday life, but most of the film is them on this quite incredible adventure and quest um, set on these bizarre planets and landscapes. And I think the first thing they do when they get to one of these odd terrains is they just sort of get on this very strange bird or bird-like creature, and they ride around for a bit, and then they get off. And it's sort of pointless, but sort of wonderful at the same time. And I like those moments, those diversions in films like this, where it's not necessarily all about plot. There are obviously key moments where Meg must learn to do things for herself and, and believe in herself. But um, just regaining a sense of fun and adventure is something that's really important and and you genuinely really like this film anyway so I don't have to convince you of that. Yeah I really like this film. I think the more you watch it the more you can see how exciting it is and I think 
particularly the fact that the film is also about science and maths. It's not in an overly complex way. I think as complex as it gets is the use of the word astrophysics. (laughs) But it's really exciting to kind of see these topics discussed and for it to be a young girl that's engaged with it and her mum to also be a scientist herself and to be in this surrounding where science is exciting to her. It's not just like something that she does in school that she doesn't like is actually part of her life yeah this is not like this is nothing to um that will put people off this is something this is a film that actually says science and maths is sort of in the background of it the whole time but it's about characters who have a love of science and maths and and ashamed about that they have this sort of infectious enthusiasm about it and it does make you sort of fond for subjects that you might not have loved at school, you know, at times. So I think anyone with any sort of interest in science and maths will appreciate that and will enjoy it. And it's quite refreshing to see because even films that do have these subjects at the forefront can be sometimes a bit dry or a bit serious. And this is some, this is a film that manages to combine learning with, yeah, enthusiasm. It's all about a love of, a love of learning and a love of knowledge. And just the other thing we should say is that this is based on a very popular novel for a certain generation. So it's from 1962, so going back a little bit. But this is a bit of a passion project for Eva DuVernay, who we actually mentioned in our secondary theme podcast episode this month. And it's a very diverse cast and an F-rated film. So we've got a... Um, it's co-written by a woman. It's um, a largely female cast. It's a black female director... And I don't know how many films there are, certainly not for very young audiences, the primary audiences that, that can boast such such stats, really. Yeah, I think we can take for granted how important seeing these things are, especially when we're talking about careers and science and maths, um, which are things that aren't necessarily very dominated by women. This is a clip from one of the young reporters of Interfilm talking to the director of the film about a particularly important moment in the film. The film is kind of full of brilliant moments. And I think one of my favorite moments was when Meg was able to kind of save the day. So when it was Calvin that was really scared and Meg turned around and said, trust me. And she was able to save it kind of with her knowledge and with her confidence. So why why do you think this moment is kind of like overdue, particularly kind of in film and in pop culture, for the girl to be the hero? Well, I mean, so uh, you you pinpointed one of my favorite parts of the film. And Meg says, do you trust me? And he says, I trust you. And he follows her into danger. We know that in the cinematic landscape, we've never seen that. We've never seen a, a black girl, um, a girl of color as the hero. Um, she, she's not a Jedi, she's not a superhero, she's just a regular girl through, with her th- own intellect, intellect and her own heart is able to lead boys out of danger. So hopefully we get to see more stories like this in cinemas. Um, it's definitely a film to support and that we think young people will really connect with. Yeah, and in our um, secondary episode this month we actually looked at Love, Simon and The Rape of Reese Taylor as well so other stories that look at wider representation on screen and, and look at things like sexuality and, and gender and race in, in a bit more detail and depth so it is really fantastic that 
we're seeing a, a, that sort of diversity in storytelling more often these days. Yeah, and with those two films, they're for a slightly older audience, but do you have any recommended films for someone that likes A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, I think something like Swallows and Amazons is quite a nice little link. So I mentioned the blog that I wrote about sibling adventures, which you can search on the site if you so wish. And one of the films I recommended was the new Swallows and Amazons, although we do have both. Uh, so the 2016 version, which is a really gentle film, it is in the best way possible a sort of Sunday afternoon treat where it's a very, very easy, very enjoyable watch. It's about two brothers and two sisters who end up embroiled on this adventure with, you know, local kids and, and potentially pirates. But there's, there's also a sort of lack of any real serious threat or menace. So... Uh, another good one for young audiences who enjoy the adventurous aspect of Wrinkling Time. I would also recommend another magical film, I guess. So it's Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is about a young girl, which is similar to Meg. She's going through a period of transition and um, she's moved to the countryside to spend time with her auntie. And while she's there, she finds a broom and the broom whisks her away to a school of magic. And she discovers a secret and she needs to try and help the people there but also save herself. Yeah, and that's an animation, isn't it, from some of the guys who were in Studio Ghibli. So some real talent behind that one. So A Wrinkle in Time will also be showing all over the UK as part of the Interfilm Festival. And as part of that, we will also have film guides on our website, which you can use in your classrooms. Yeah, and we have a secondary episode featuring Love, Simon and the Rape of Reese Taylor, which is available to download now. But we'll be back in October with a new primary title, which is Lou Over the Wall. See you then.